morning as it is as when I when I when I started this out it is still morning so if you're listening in the afternoon good afternoon if you're listening in the evening good evening and if you're lying in bed uh, good night today on made in lancashire we had two very very uh, interesting conversations and in this episode we discover some new stuff so first of all chatting to lee gosling from the royal academy of engineering it's going to tell us about some programs that they've got running um they're giving money away people listen in um and then we could talk to darren from interact um, a digital agency who does just a little bit more than that, based in Chorley. Um, we got to chatting about AI because uh, Darren, um, apart from archaeology, which I never got in that one in the interview, but apart from that, it is another one of his big things. So we got to talking about where it's at, where it's going, uh, will people lose jobs, how it can be used, and also the downsides of it, that, that you know, the, the legislation of it that need organising. Anyhow, I'll shut up and just get let you start. Duh, 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 duh. I'll shut up and let you get listening. So welcome to another edition of Made in Lancashire. I'm sat um, I'm sat here, I'm not actually physically sat here because Lee's sat across from me on a on a screen. Unfortunately, he's not been well recently. He won't mind me saying he got a bit of the old COVID, but he's better now. Um, Lee Gosling um, works for the Royal Academy of Engineering. I always have to stop and think about it to make sure I give you the wrong the right thing. Um, and you are a regional talent manager i'm the program manager right to the regional talent engines in the northwest of england and northern ireland um so i'm based in lancashire lancashire yeah. lad um born and bred um i'm proud of it um although i am a little bit closer li li living just north of ramsbottom in um in in, in rossendale um and i'm a little bit close to the yorkshire border well, you're kind of close to everything there. You're kind of just yeah, one yeah, foot yeah. away from Greater Manchester as well, aren't you? You are, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's very difficult. <laughs> it, it does create problems with who's running the bus services and things like that sometimes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yes, so, uh, I mean, we met uh, back in October last year at um, LANIF, the Innovation Festival, and uh, we've caught up a couple of times since. So, the Royal Academy of Engineering has obtained some government money that you are now using for the next few years to run talent engines, which are aimed at free startups, startups, innovation, it, just about to. Yeah, it's very early stage innovators. Um, and, yeah. and, and the money, it's not like we've just been given a, a lump of money to, to do. This is something actually that the Academy's been wanting to do for a long time because we're yeah. so so well known down in London and in that golden triangle you know where all the money is Oxford Cambridge London yeah. um that we really wanted more of a presence in in in, in the regions um uh, because we want to grow economies um and grow businesses that that stay in in local areas so that stay yeah. in the northwest um and um and, and northwest was chosen as, as as one of the areas um and I say yeah it's it, it's 
I think even even if we didn't have the government money, we would still be doing this. You know, if it wasn't just a, a, a set bunch of funding, it, it's something very much that we are focused on as a big part of the um, Royal Academy's strategy for the future. Mm. Um, and, um, and and yeah, so the regional talent engines, it's a new program. Um, it really only got off the ground um, round about this time last year. Um, yeah. We started recruiting a little bit, um, a little bit into the year before, um, but really our first intake were just coming on board this time last year. Um, we've had two um, cohorts have, have moved through. Um, we, we open for a discrete period. We open for a month or so for applications. We take applications during that that window, and then the program rolls on for about six months, and then we'll open another window for applications. So basically, um, it's a six month programme where you are supporting those looking to further their innovation. You're giving them a, a 20,000 grant training, mentoring, support um, yeah, to help them get off the, the ground. All the facilities of the, of the Royal Academy, really. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so we, we're looking for anybody with an idea in any area of engineering. Um, and engineering is a very broad field, so, you know, it, it's, it's not just nuts and bolts. It's anything from, um, you know, materials, from biochemical, from medical technology, uh, you know, me medical ideas, um, whether it's data, um, anything at all that, that, that needs sort of like putting together as, as a project using technical science technology sort of um, mm. you know, awareness. Anybody who's been working in some form of technical capacity and has some form of experience of that, we're not looking for specific qualifications. And the, the earliest stage, we're just looking for somebody really with an idea, not necessarily even proven in concept. So they don't need a prototype or anything like that. Yeah. Um, all the way through to, to people who are, um, you know, maybe getting close to putting something into the market, but it's, it's pre-revenue. Um, you know, if somebody has... Yeah. Um, actually got a finished product, it, it should still really be in that trial stage, maybe only sold to a few friends to test the market. Um, and £20,000, of which 50%, mm. up to 50% could be used for personal living um, for six months, um, during which time we'll give them training, mentoring, coaching. It's yeah. fairly light-touch training, um, and we basically want to move them on to that next stage so that they can get either into the market or just that next stage of investment to take them that step further. Yeah, they've got a pro proven concept then, haven't they, at the very least, that Absolutely. they can then go to investors and say, listen, I've got this, I've done this. I've Yeah, I know where you're coming from on that. So they don't have to have an engineering qualification. Um, but they do need some form of technical background. Yes. So whether that's, you know, working at what le whatever level, in the area of technology that they're wanting to exploit. Yeah, I understand, yeah. Now, I just didn't want people to think that they had to have a certain degree or a certain qualification that's had the word engineer in it. No, ab absolutely not, absolutely not. <laughs> you know, we've had people from quite a diverse background. We're quite keen to get people who wouldn't necessarily, you know, traditionally, Mm. um be attracted to that word engineer with its it's it's sort of like its connotations of um of sparks flying and cogs and and things like that <laughs> um yes. 
you, you know, particularly the te technology, digital, artificial intelligence, stuff like that. People who are, um, you know, maybe working with electronic circuits, people who are maybe, you know, going to a maker space and they're using, um, you know, com computer navigated cutters. Maybe they're start doing a bit of digital 3D printing, so yeah. stuff like that, um, you, you know. Any, anybody who's maybe a hobbyist in those areas, but has been doing it for a, a period of time uh, or maybe has worked, um, you know, in that sort of environment. Uh, we're really, really keen to hear from you. And of course, um, I will, of course, once this podcast goes out to our listeners, I will stick on it um, a, a link whereby they can read how to apply. Uh, what the process is and what the eligibility is. It also has your contact details on that particular page, I think. Yes, it does. Your email address and a phone number so people can, because you will you will support them with applications, will you? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. So they want to get in touch with me. Um, I'm not part of the decision making process, yeah. um, but I, I'm, I'm here to support them through their journey, really, and to be the first point of call in dealing with the Royal Academy. Um, so, so basically, yeah, they talk to me. I'm quite happy to arrange a meeting. Mm -hmm. um, I'll take them through the application form. The process is really quite simple. It's only a couple of pages of an online form. We ask you to upload a CV and we ask you to record a scary thought, a three minute video. <laughs> Um, a, a three minute video which um, which basically outlines a little bit about your idea, a little bit about what your what your understanding of the competitors are, what the size of the potential market is. And we don't need anything technical, but really we want to know as much as anything we want to know about you and, and your drive and your passion to make this yeah. idea succeed. I was about to say, because we keep using that word today, don't we? Passion. It's all about yeah that non-stop yadda because it, it kind is, of drives people takes people with you doesn't it it, it is I, I, you know getting anything off the ground it, there are going to be mm. obstacles you've got to push through them you've got to have that determination but you've also got, got to have that enthusiasm that enthusiasm yeah. that inspires other people to believe in you and you know and to want to to want to help you and as a royal academy we we, we really some of our training is, is designed to bring some of that out you don't need to have been an entrepreneur before you don't need to have set up a business before yeah. as i say we want people with the technical skills to do um to do, who, the understanding who've identified a problem and have come up with some form of solution and are ready to see if it works now and to see if they can turn it into a product um and, and so we will help you develop those skills um but inside that that seed of determination that drive is really yeah. really important exactly yeah so for anyone listening then, um, you can find, you're on LinkedIn, aren't you, Lee? I'm on LinkedIn. Yeah, yes, if anyone wants to go connect, if anyone wants to go connect with Lee on uh, Lee Gosling on LinkedIn. Um, and as I said, once the podcast goes out, I will put uh, various links out when I promote it that gives a link where people can go and find out more about who you are and what the Talent Engines is all about. So thank you very much for that, Lee. Um, at this point, usually in my podcasts, I throw a random question at my 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 victims. Oop. I've given up calling guests. They're all victims. You're all victims <laughs> and it's my evil. Yes. So, no, I tend to throw a, just a random, completely off the wall question just to let people see the human behind the passion. 
Mm, behind the name, behind the business, behind whatever, yeah. Um, what can I ask you today, Lee? Um, what one secret do you have that not many people know about you that you're willing to let the listeners know about? Oh, no. You see, I'm I'm fairly I'm fairly upfront with lots of little things which are quite quirky, uh, you know, in terms of things. Mm. That, um, so I've you know I've been involved in setting up homeless charities. Um, I've been involved in running the World Black Pudding Throwing Championships. What? Say that Bottom, one again. Say that one again. The World Black Pudding Throwing Championships. Um, I've been involved. I was treasurer of, of that for a while, raising money for local charities. Yeah um i'm i'm actually in in another life um i've 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 worked as a professional climber and mountaineer um and i'm fully qualified climbing instructor um taking people caving canoeing all that sort of stuff um and um, about 10 years ago i climbed the old man of hoy um just just turned up the the big sea stack (laughs) So that so that's something that's but the thing that quite a few people know about that I I don't know anything really that well, um, our, our listeners unless they know you our listeners won't know <laughs> that so I think we could get away with saying yes we get away with that. that it's the black pudding that that that, that fascinated yeah. me well that, that 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 started off I mean it it, it was um, the the village I live in is just outside of Ramsbottom, just across the border into Lancashire. Yeah. Um, and back in the um, many years ago, the landlord of the pub, which is no longer in existence now, um, he, he he ran a black pudding throwing competition um, to raise some money for charity. Um, and then many years later, um, round about the round about the turn of the century, round about two thousand, um, it was revived briefly. Um, I'd, I'd only just moved on to the village and I took parts in it and I think I came third. Wow. Um, so I decided I'd better get involved with it. And, and then, um, yeah, up until up until 18 months ago, I, I was treasurer. So I, I was the one making sure that we, um, you know, we generated money and it was distributed out to local charities. Um, it's great, great fun. It's a great event um, for, for the local community. Um, yeah, so. For my sins. That's changed. Yes, I'm looking at you in a completely different way now. You've told me that, Lee. I will never look at you the same again. I will always see a black pudding on your shoulder. <laughs> well, we, I mean, we've attracted celebrities. Um, you know, um, I, I think probably, probably the most famous were, were when the hairy bikers came. That yeah. was really good, good fun, and they joined in for the day. They had a great time. Um, but we've had we've had Paddy McGuinness and Rory McGrath. Um, we, we, we've had um, we, we've had various various celebrities, and it truly is it's a worldwide phenomena. Um, but I don't want to talk about that more than I talk about the Royal Academy of Engineering. <laughs> no, it's all right. You haven't quite nearly. <laughs> so um, just to say thank you, Lee, and uh, everybody, please go check out um, this. If you don't think that you are eligible for it, but you know somebody who is, or you're on LinkedIn or any other social platform, uh, do promote it. The closing date for it, 6th of March this year, but as Lee has said, it will be run again. So if you miss out this year, you know, if you're thinking about something and you need to, to gird your loins type thing, there's always next year. And you can always just ring me up and chat about it in the interim. Yeah. If you think you might or might not be ready, just have a chat to me. Exactly. 
That's what you're there for, isn't it? <laughs> it is. <laughs> Brilliant. I'd just like to say thank you for that, Lee. Uh, it's been lovely chatting to you. And thanks, Jill. It's been lovely chatting to you as well. Welcome to another session here. Um, rooms are a bit echoey, but uh, that's the way offices are, isn't it? I'm sat here in Chorley with Darren Bentham from um, IT Interact, IT Digital. Interact these days, I guess, we're, we're kind of, because of the website and the AI side of things, we're Right, kind of you're trying to condense it. the tone. Yeah, we're trying to condense it to in some respect, just call it Interact. You just interact now, okay. Yes, yeah. Um, I've known Darren for quite a few years, but um, Darren's company, Interact, is also the people that built our website. And when we were working it out, um, plus previous conversations I've had with him, I know that Darren is very interested in AI. So what with chat, GPT and the new Google Bard announcement, I thought it'd be an, an opportunity to figure out what the heck it is for those of us not in the know. So, welcome, Darren. Thank you. <coughs> You've just been talking to me off thing about the fact that you think the word AI or artificial intelligence doesn't help the case for working on it and using it. No, I say we're finding in a lot of cases uh, potential customers in various sectors, from medical through to uh, industrial applications, they don't feel it is something that applies to them. I think the word intelligence conjures up Terminator movies to them. <laughs> and yes. uh, the, the top end of what you, you mentioned then with the, the chat, uh, uh, GBT and things, uh, it seems very, very high end. And the word intelligence, I believe, is causing the issue. Mm. Uh, it's not intelligent, it's a machine system that's learning a pattern. Mm. And what it does then, once it's learned that, that pattern of behaviour, whatever it is, it could be speech, it could be images, yeah. uh, it could be vibrations in electric motors, whatever it is, it's learning to recognise a pattern and then predicting what it believes it is. So somebody originally then has done a disservice by sticking that intelligence, perhaps the person who originally called it AI, I, I will admit ignorance, I don't know who that was, um, perhaps they thought it was... Um, scary what machines could do hence the fact that they stuck the word intelligence on it maybe i don't know so you do you, it's something it's a field that you're getting more and more into yes what kind of things do people come to you and ask you to do then without giving too many state secrets away ai mm -hmm. is, i guess it's looking at what ai is in terms <coughs> of technology uh, it's not one thing anything from NLP which is recognising voice and speech mm -hmm. through to analysing images uh, you've, you've, your Facebook uh, facial recognition for example uh, yeah. recognising uh, Google uh, I forgot what it's called uh, Google Glass is it what it's called where we, you reckon you can take oh, the show, lens the Google lens, lens. Google lens. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Yes. you can show the photograph and it can tell you what's in the photograph yeah. uh, through to that in our, our own side of things we're looking at uh, uh, production line facilities so looking at anomaly detection and condition monitoring. So recognising what is normal condition for an electric motor, for a fan system, for yeah. a, a ducting, uh, maybe through to welding. It could be a number of things. Yeah. Uh, recognising what normal is, once it knows what normal is, it can then start reporting when anomalies are taking place. Yeah. When it's drifting away, 
which could be in the case of the actually most of the bearings are failing. It could be the air ducting system where the the the, the, uh, uh, the filters getting clogged. Yeah. So the airflow is no not coming out of the, the filter. So it can pick up those individual things, or it can just pick up that it's not working as efficiently as it should. Uh, individual things, yeah. So it, oh, wow. it, it, so it, basically, it's, it's, it's all about training. It's like training a child. The number of examples you give it. It's, di- it's almost a diagnostic, isn't it? It's it's running it's running a, a diagnostic on a piece of equipment all the time to yes. ensure it's functioning. Yeah. Yes. Because uh, you imagine electric motor, it, it performs in different ways in different setups. Yeah. If it's a very hot environment, a very humid, cold and humid, mm-hmm. it's going to work differently. So the so what you traditionally get is a, a lot of systems have sensors in place, they're capturing data. Yeah. But then a human or a predefined threshold is set, so it shouldn't go above this. Mm-hmm. But if you imagine electric motor, it works in a different way if it's on full pelt, smashing some metal together. Yeah. Rather than just running and polishing something, mm-hmm. it's a different pattern of behaviour. But it's still normal for that, that installation. So what we would do, we'd tell you what, what the operation is, mm-hmm. record the vibration, the heat, so on and so forth. And then over time, once we're collecting enough data, it would recognise itself what its normal is. It's basically just taking it that one step further from, from almost basic programming, isn't it? You're kind of just evolving and developing it because once upon a time, basic programming was like, oh, well, if this happens, we tell it to do this. And if this happens, we tell it to do that. And all you've done is, is evolved it such that it can recognise the, the tiny glitches now, isn't it, type you, of thing? Or is that too basic? No, you've hit on one common misconception there. <clears throat> Normal procedural programming, or whatever, whatever type it is, yeah. is written top to bottom. So you, a lot of people are aware of if statements and while loops and so on yeah. and so on. There's a structure that's been written by a human being. Mm-hmm. With AI, in most of its uh, production forms, is something called a neural network. Right. Which is a big, if you think about it better, it is a massive spreadsheet okay. with lots of numbers. So you put some inputs into one of the cells, <coughs> some of the cells show a difficult or they, they indicate what the output is. Yeah. But they're, they're all interlinked. So the, the, the numbers from one affect the numbers. So these, yeah. these cells added together get this value. If that value is greater than this threshold, then fire off to the next cell mm-hmm. in the spreadsheet. Yeah. If you imagine that in millions of cases, it's the big bag of numbers. Is it high intense labour work for you to do then? Or is the sort of, do you have, I don't know, templates is probably the wrong word, but you must have a starting point that's, do you have a starting point that's the same every time that you just work on when you're doing AI? Or do you just completely, you know, you're talking about if you think of it as a big spreadsheet yeah. and, and that. Is it, it, so it's going in and just changing everything for anything that you're working on? Uh, it can be sped up considerably yeah. by taking, but yeah, templates might be a good idea. You take a, what they call a model. Yeah. So with AI, basically, there's three stages of the process. You capture data. Yeah. You normalise the data. Yeah. So you may get in. So you may have a list of addresses. It could be a list of photographs of dogs. Whatever it is, numerous data types. You convert those to numbers. Mm-hmm. There's a procedure way of converting those to numbers. You, yeah. so you normalise it. So you, what you get there is a big bag of numbers. Yeah. You then crunch the hell out of it yeah. on, on a big, massive computer. The output is a tiny little spreadsheet, if you will. Oh, right. So the crunching bit is where the effort is involved, which right. is why you need big cloud computers. And um, one of the things that we're working with is trying to get that crunching on, onto a small computer, which is the challenge we're facing at the moment. Cause and what's the benefit of getting it? Does it make it more accessible? A lot of people in manufacturing, especially, do not want the data leaving the installation. 
So to get the data off, we had to physically need to go there and move some USB drives and take it off and process it and then bring it back again. Yeah. Or open a connection to the cloud, which right. they would not want. Uh, so we can crunch on site. But people don't want you to open it. Why? Why don't they want that connection? Various reasons. To the cloud? Uh, misconceptions, uh, there could be security, mm-hmm. afraid of hacking, afraid of opening the entire network up to vulnerabilities. Uh, so that potentially then, um, they need to look at their cyber security as well as forming something for AI. So there's an opportunity, surely, for the two different. Yeah. things, disciplines to work together there to ensure that AI is more readily available. That's a valid point, and so you're the first person to mention that kind of connection. Well, you're perfectly right, mm. and that, that is the issue. It's often a misconception issue, because yeah. uh, there's no reason why the data can't get back to forwards, it's, as long as it's, uh, it's not labelled up. Right. So, for example, uh, we get data from five sensors, as long as you don't know what the sensors are. Yeah. It's just a bunch of numbers going back to forwards. Uh, so yes, maybe that, that is one uh, collaboration that we, we can look at in the future. Yeah, well, there you go. All the cyber security companies out there <laughs> need to go and visit an AI company and see if you can work together to, to make it safe for everybody to do it. Because of course, when you say to people data, they immediately think of, of the, was it Westminster, the company that did it with Facebook and took everybody's information? That was it, yeah. yeah. Sorry, not Westminster, I'm doing you a disservice there. Um, but yeah, but when you say data, people immediately think of, oh, I don't want people knowing my name and address. I don't want people knowing blah, blah, blah. So it's it's kind of knowing that that's secure for them. And that in itself is causing a lot of problems for AI uptake in the country. Yeah, because, because people are scared of... They're, they're associating AI with that kind of situation. Right. Not some sensors attached to an electric motor. Yeah. Uh, or a pacemaker. So you've got this weird, weird alignment that's actually something that you have to then fight with people to make them realise it's not. Yeah, it's a big challenge. Yeah, so even more so, so even more so, by cyber security needs to get in bed <laughs> with AI so that we can we can progress this. Yes, and data can be uh, anonymised. We don't need to know if, it, if it's a person's gender or if it's yeah. a person. It, it, that could be converted into a, into a series of numbers. Mm. Uh, but yeah, so there's a lot of misconceptions with AI. Sorry, yeah. we're losing track of it, deal. So we're, no, we're no, 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 no. It's it's fascinating to know because, um, yeah, I'm one of those that hasn't the foggiest what AI is until I sort of suddenly the chat GPT GPT is it? Yeah. That came on the line, and people would, and the main thing it seemed to be used at that moment was people were using it to write essays and content. And, and fooling exam questionnaires, yes. that was where he came up with originally. But looking further into it, um, and I've only looked at the chat GPT because it's free and easily accessible. That's if the website has not got too many people <laughs> on it. But yes, you can use it for so many time-saving everyday tasks that people don't realise, can't you? And I think you've touched on what it's actually its benefit is, time-saving. Yeah. Time yeah. It's not a solution. It's not going to replace a copywriter. No, no, it's to take away those repetitive things that you do. Yes. It can do them for you. Or the scare one at the moment about the news and the hype is mm. based around it's taking jobs away. It's not. It's, 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 it's almost like comparing a sledgehammer to a jackhammer. Mm. It does the same job as smashing rocks together. This one's a lot more efficient and some quicker way of doing it. Yes. And this is what these two are doing. Uh, but ultimately, they don't, they don't really understand what they're talking about. They're producing stuff that's convincing, yeah. 
but it's no concept. Well, I was, I was looking at it for SEO purposes, search engine optimization purposes, because that's kind of my thing, and, and sort of Darren does too. Um, and you can use it to take away the monotony of some of the things you have to do in it. Yeah. Which then means you've got more time to spend on doing the uh, more complicated, better things. So that's not going to take away somebody's job. It's going to enable them to be better at their job is the way I look at it. But you could argue that do you need 10 people doing copywriting or can you get away with six? Uh, there's something to be said about the quality of 10 as opposed to the quality of six, then, isn't there? <laughs> yes, there is, yes. Yeah. You know, if you've got 10 people and you suddenly go down to six, you've employed four that were rubbish in the first place, if you can... You but it, but it, it does save time. Yeah. And so that, that time saving needs less human effort. But then humans still need to be involved in AI and cybersecurity and other things. They still have will have a job role function, but potentially not as much in what they're doing. They could go to something. People always say, oh, the robots will take our, over <laughs> our lives. Somebody's still got to mend the robots and program the robots. And... They do, but less people. Like, you need fewer <clears throat> higher skill people. <clears throat> and lots of the junior grunt work. Yeah. And I think that's where the risk is. Uh, but AI, that's not just in one area. <clears throat> AI would become a threat if you offered it to the job market. Yeah. Uh, you look at the medical world. It takes a long time to train up a doctor who's, tra- who's an expert in breast cancer. Yeah. You can train up an AI system that does, that does probably a better job than a human. Yeah. It doesn't take, it takes seconds to copy that code. Mm. And you can have 20 other systems running in no time rather than a few hundred years worth of uh, medical training. Yeah. I think, we, I think we have to stop thinking of it as a replacement and look at it as an addition that will then free up people to potentially do other things. Yeah. Augmentation is probably a bit of a good way of putting it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's enhancing what is already there. Yeah, exactly. So I, 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 I've got a stutter there. I've not had that one for a while. Um, yeah, it's a way of looking at it slightly differently. Um, I am very optimistic that once we get past the, the data problem that you talked about and also the perception of it, more people will begin to use it and see that it's a benefit. Yeah. If you just go back a bit to what you said about why is it called intelligence? Yeah. It comes after how I believe in the 60s, 70s, the term came about uh, with the desire to, to make a machine that is intelligent. Mm-hmm. I just don't think we're there yet. Yeah. I think what we're seeing there is like semi-intelligent. Yeah. It's uh, augmentation, whatever it's pattern, machine learning, pattern recognition. It's not intelligent as yet, mm. but ultimately, within the discipline, that is the ultimate aim. Because uh, if you think about it, your, your brain is full of cells and uh, neurons and all kind of things. Ultimately, it's... it's, it's, it's <laughs> I it's, say hopefully then. It, it's down to chemicals. Yes. So if you can do a complete model of that <coughs> chemical structure of your brain, yeah. in theory, you should be able to produce a brain. That could be very interesting medically, though, couldn't it? Because that could then... I mean, the, the whole thing of, of taking and, and using that to help somebody that's got a, 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 a medical problem that includes the brain. Yeah, you, you could. You know, if you could adapt it some way to help those people, that would be fantastic. If part of brain, thinking about my memory. <laughs> well, if part of brain becomes damaged in theory, you may, in, in the future, be able to replace that part with a, a bolt-on chip to your brain. To oh, yes, it. please. Uh, and or, 
I guess the ultimate goal is you can never die. Uh, no, no, I, I'd be quite happy. <laughs> <Good. laughs> yes, because then it's the old thing of like, yes, your brain can carry on living, but your body's absolutely knackered. And do we then start replacing bits of our body with bits of? No, we're not even going down yeah, that route. But but yeah, so that, that's the ultimate aim of AI, and I think that's where the, the misconceptions. I think calling what it is at the moment AI yeah. is, is incorrect. To me, it's machine learning. Yes, it's not in terms of what I was visual intelligence. It's machine learning to do. The repetitive potentially is, is oh the highly skilled yeah. in the case of a doctor it's not repetitive yeah. it's highly skilled mm. and but it can be done visualize it but imagine stacking a shelf in Tesco it's very difficult to do mm. you've seen the robots be what they don't mention is how much it costs to develop those robots just to yes. move, move one box backwards and forwards yes I could yes so yeah there you go we can all go and get yeah. jobs let's so, all go and stack shelves in Tesco I think <laughs> going forward the, the questions are going to be not on much what it can do is whether we should be doing it so the ethics are going to kick in right. massively so uh, we mentioned a few times uh, chat uh, I can't can call it GBT which is uh, CBT isn't it? yes it's, it's, uh, it's a weird name they've given it I don't even know what it's what's it stand for GBT uh, general uh, uh, no, I don't know one of the transformations is it does yeah. the type of model it's using. Yeah. Uh, but pretty much what they're not talking about is that these systems were developed using open source or publicly accessible data. Yeah. With social media or Wikipedia's or even image banks, visual stuff and things like that have been scraped to generate some of these uh, training data. Yeah. So this data has been brought in to train this AI system. It's been mm -hmm. crunched together to produce this little tiny program which relatively tiny program which runs really quick and yeah. does a good job who owns the copyrights because the data came from public sources and I believe it's either Image Bank or Shutterstock and they're taking one of the uh, the companies to court they're saying ah oh, because they're using their images aren't using, they use, you use their images to generate the system therefore right. what you're producing is not <clears throat> raw so it's not fresh images yeah it's, it's somebody else. It's a variation of what yeah. we we got the copyright for. <coughs> yeah, Microsoft have put some money in them, haven't they? Yeah, and uh, it's it's every you can they look at the system to write music in the style of like Fleetwood Mac and things again. Who who owns the copyright? If you if you do yeah, because you're taking Fleetwood Mac's music and then revamping it slightly. So there's going to be lots of conversation taking place about ownership. Yeah. So you you you're reworking what already exists. So is it. There's been a few numerous cases over the years with uh, uh, Vanilla Rice copying Queen. Yes. It was taking this and, and reworking it. Mm. AI's doing the same thing. So copyright solicitors could be very busy soon then. They've got a lot of questions to answer yeah. themselves. And I don't know what the answer would be because... Do you think we're going to have to go to so far as Parliament and have laws to, yes. to work on it? Yes, 100%. Uh, facial systems as well, generation of faces. Mm. Uh, do you need Brad Pitt to star in your movie? Why can't you get a digital clone of Brad Pitt and a normal actor oh, doing the job? Yeah. Or in movie companies, I guess it, a more advanced version of Shrek is a, is if the AI can generate the actor. Yeah. Do you need actors anymore? Oh wow. So there's, there's a lot of questions it's, coming out. It's, it's a lovely <laughs> rabbit hole that we're falling down, then, isn't it? <laughs> but this is where it's going to go next. It's not, I guess, it's a, Jurassic Park, it's not where we should. So we, we can, it's where we, we should. Right. And there's a lot taking place. There's a lot of ethics involved with uh, the use of AI in warfare, which yeah. is great, standing on the ethical fence. But if you're being shot at by robots, where do you stand then? Yeah, I know where you're coming from. So it's quite exciting 
but there's also a sort of the caveat of, of buyer beware, isn't it? And don't wish too much because it could end up going completely the wrong direction, really. I think it? we'll see a backlash again today, I assume, the next few years. Yeah. I think we'll see a big, big backlash where it's being misused yeah. uh, by the not-so-ethical people in the world. I suppose there's the opportunity for the good old scammers to use it as well, isn't there? 100%. Even more so. In the percent, you could make a decision. Oh, we're getting, we're getting despondent and doing Yes, well, but, but, but the benefits of it is, again, back to the medical, if you get looking at uh, checking eyes for medical conditions, yeah. you can roll that out in seconds to hundreds of instances. Yeah. So you can have parts of the world who cannot afford a doctor. Oh. Then do you know, like, yeah. what, what goes on in, Africa, in the likes of Africa? They spend a lot of time and effort to train doctors and then they get poached by the likes of the UK and mm. British companies countries which is ethically yeah. wrong in its own right. Exactly. We're depriving them of their doctors. Yeah. Uh, but if that those voids can be filled by a very good system as AI, then, yeah. uh, then maybe that's a hybrid solution. Brilliant. Yeah, there is there is the good side. Let's let's concentrate on the positive. Yes. And, uh... <laughs> Sorry, Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We'll worry about that another time. Um when I do my podcast, Darren, um, I tend to throw a question at the end to people just to let our listeners figure out who they are and what they are as a, um, a normal human being. <laughs> um, so what, what shall I ask you? Um, who's your hero growing up and why? Uh, I guess it's always your dad in most cases, isn't it? I don't know. Some yeah, people have some yeah, people have yeah, some people have the television, don't they? That they watched in a film that was you know Casey, Casey Jones or or a musician. No, I think it was just a case of him just recall my dad losing his job at Motors and then taking some because of his age at the time, just taking some jobs that were demeaning to his skill set and oh. but still having the the pride to go to and, and carry on. So that's the kind of thing that I uh, aspire to be. It's, it's just. Things life is tough sometimes, and you, and you just carry on yeah. and do your best. So it's not that the, 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 the fastest person who generally has got the most money in the world. Yeah, it's that work ethic, isn't it? Yeah. That he's obviously instilled in you. Yes, yeah, hopefully, yeah, and hopefully yeah. try and carry instill into me on children. Exactly, yeah. Don't sit there moaning about it. Just get off your backside and go and do something about it. Exactly. That's my policy in life. So. Yes, <laughs> yes. My father was very similar. <laughs> <laughs> He, he, he had three jobs at one point in his life just because he had to. So, yeah, I understand where you're coming from. Yeah, we've kind of lost that ethics in, in this country. Basically. There's a lot of excuse making taking place. I see it all the time with my children. Uh, I think where it's coming from when it's going to school, peer pressure, or whatever it is, mm. the first reaction is to make an excuse. Yeah, I, I worked for a boss a long time ago who, if anything ever went wrong, he never wanted an excuse, he wanted a solution. Yeah. And obviously that is something that had come through him, through work ethic, through his parents, potentially. Same as it's come through yours and through mine. Yeah. Not bothered about why it went wrong. I want to know what you're going to do about it, it to, to fix it. Exactly. <laughs> Lovely chatting to you, Darren. Um, if anybody wants to find you and get hold of you and chat more, how do they do it? Uh, they look at the website. So it's Interact IT. Uh, we're based in Charlie Town Centre. So we're more than happy to come, if you come down and uh, have a coffee and a... Maybe go some lunch and have a chat about the ethics of the... the <laughs> I'll try and uh, cut down on the skirmongering of AI. Uh, but I think the ethics is the, the uh, philosophical side of things that interest me as much as with the technology. Exactly. The technology hasn't changed that much. Into, I was taught AI as an undergraduate, postgraduate in the mm. 90s. 
it's not changed that much since then. It's just got better at it. Yeah. Uh, but the underlying ethics are. It's the, it's the ethics and everybody And they're now becoming, yeah, they're now becoming real ethics. Yes. That's the only change. The ethics have always been apathetical questions, but now it's a case of the technology can do it, but should we do it? Yeah. Lovely to chat then, Darren. Thank you. I told you it was a good one, didn't I? Just a quick few things before we drop off and let you fall asleep, wake up, get on with your work, whatever it is you're doing. Um, Innovate Lancashire has got, is doing the innovation challenge for the second year running this year. Very successful last year. We offered a £30,000 pot of money, which was shared between three winners. Dragon's Den Apprentice style um, final uh, last June head to our YouTube channel if you need to know more. There's all the sort of things on there about it. Anyhow, we are running it again this year and we are looking for some headline sponsors. Um, if you want to get involved by offering either some money or a package of services that you think that the winners could benefit from, um, give us a shout, drop us a line, find me on Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, Facebook. Find me anywhere you want. If you put my name in Jill Millington, unfortunately, I come up everywhere. I've been around so long. I'm just about, yeah. Anyhow, I won't go down that road. So, yes. So, that's coming up. Um, we've also got some interesting chats about LANIF 23, the Lancashire Innovation Festival, uh, coming up in October of this year. We're planning it already, I know. Aren't we getting good? And we've got some other exciting events coming up as well. But I'll tell you more as and when I know about them. So thanks for listening in. Again, I'm waffling too much. I'm trying to get everything in without forgetting stuff. And no doubt I will do and I'll get moaned at. Um, if you want to come and get involved in our podcast, if you've got a controversial view, if you've got a new process, if you've got a new innovation, if you want to find out more, um, if you just want to chat general about, generally about your business in Lancashire, drop me a line. We'll see what we can do.